Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Hi, this is Mary Brown Maloof, executive editor of Salt Lake Magazine, and this is Salt Lake Speaks. We're here today with Philip Grubisa. He started out, like so many chefs do, washing dishes in South Florida, where he grew up. Nevertheless, in spite of the dirty dishes, he got hooked on the restaurant business, graduated from Florida Culinary Institute, moved out west, landed a job at Mark Sullivan's Spruce at the Waldorf Astoria, a version of the famous San Francisco original. There he learned the craft of butchery and charcuterie. He was Briar Handley's sous chef at Talisker on Maine. He did a stage at the Fatted Calf. He trained at the Rocky Mountain Institute of Meat. He was executive chef at the farm. The list goes on and on, but now Philip owns his own butcher shop, which he opened in 2015 over by Liberty Park. That's Welcome, right. Philip. Thank you. <laughs> so we're in the season of big meat. Uh, fall and winter are American feasting seasons. So big cuts and big birds are what we're all about. They used to be fairly usual in American kitchens. I mean, everybody ha remembers the mythology of the Sunday roast, which really doesn't exist much anymore. Things have changed. Meat comes in cello wrapped pre-cut packages. Nobody has time to cook a big roast. Um, and uh, we all eat out all the time. Uh, so when it comes around to this time of year, everybody, cook, home cooks, get very nervous. You know, I, I, did, the, I did the Butterball Hotline one year, right? <laughs> they get very nervous about cooking large pieces of protein. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today and start with the elephant in the room, which is the turkey. The turkey The is. turkey. Um, it's certainly the most popular item this time of year. Right. Um, and it's certainly one that we don't mind its popularity this time of year either. <laughs> um, I mean, it's certainly something that we do not do throughout the year. So right. we save all of our muscle and uh, energy for Thanksgiving. Right. It's the most popular thing during Thanksgiving, of course, is the big turkey roast for multiple people. Utah um, uh, has a big turkey growing business, yet it's hard to really find a local turkey and your shop specializes in sourcing locally and organically, doesn't it? Yes, to the I mean, best of our ability. To the best of your ability. Absolutely. Most everything other than poultry here in Utah we can find mm -hmm. locally in the valley almost. Right. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to poultry and the numbers that we're trying to produce during this time of year, it's just not economical for us to utilize a small farmer here. Mm -hmm. There really isn't a small farmer here that's got enough turkeys to go around. And if they do, they're selling them at their retail price to make their dollar on them. Um, so for us, it's like there's no wholesale poultry going on in Utah right now. Isn't that interesting? Because there's all those turkeys. Yes, and they're, they're there. They're and there. they're there for that direct-to-consumer sale and not for a third party. I had understood there was also a problem with uh, uh, 
organic turkey processing and natural poultry processing here and a lot of legality about that. Yeah, we're, we're catching up in Are Utah, we? if you it's will. Good. I mean, that's just the process that we're in is our processing facilities mm -hmm. are not quite um, inspected for that yet. Right. But we hope that what we're doing and, and hopefully people follow us, right. start to help those changes happen a little bit faster. Right. Well, it starts with a consumer. So what kind of turkey do you sell and what kind of turkey do you buy to sell and what do you look for in a turkey? So what we decided a couple of years ago when we first started doing the turkey thing um, was to source um, a turkey from California in Petaluma, California that has been pasture raised, organic processed, non-GMO feed. Mm -hmm. um, and that's from Mary's, Turk, uh, Mary's Chicken out right. in Petaluma. And they do a wonderful job at the larger numbers when it comes to poultry. So when you think of like Tyson and Purdue and those, those scary type of operations, yeah, we try to like not even go in their direction. Right. And Mary's doesn't even go in their direction, right. which is really cool. And they actually have different levels of what you can purchase from them, like a free range or a pastured, an organic, right. a non-organic, right. a non-GMO. So right. you have options for every consumer, if you will. But for us, we just stick to one pasture-raised, organic, non-GMO feed turkey. We found that the meat is much more flavorful um, and the birds are a little more consistent in what their shapes and right. you know all that comes into play for you know my butcher shop right we want right. to have a constant like uh, level of quality in there so right right so um toms hens does it matter um, what are our turkeys that we're eating <laughs> mostly hens. hens yeah um I'm not going to be a thousand percent sure on exactly every right. single bird, but I believe that most of them will be hens. Um, but we take it a step further. So we do get that bur beautiful bird and properly raised bird, but then we do our brining and then our garlic herb compound butter under the skin and seasoned with like fresh herbs from local farms here that we get and then trust and roast ready. So what you pick up is a bird that you literally can go home with and stick right in the oven, turn the oven on and roast a bird and it's ready to go. There's no need to dress it anymore. No need for anybody to do anything at home. I remember picking out, the Eggman used to bring our turkeys at Thanksgiving, right? And you'd still have to pick out some pin feather bits and you had to, do the trussing and it was a big deal with the p poultry needle and shears and stuff. I remember exactly. mama so working with it. Yeah, we take all that work out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you have the desire to stuff the bird with a stuffing or a dressing, we truss it in a way where you can still do that. It's not closing it right. off completely, but it still is nice and tightly bound for the roasting process. Right. And how do you recommend that people roast their turkey? You know, you, you read, you turn on the oven to 500 degrees, and then you put it in there and leave it, or you deep fry it, or you cook it all day at 300 degrees. There's just all this talk about roasting a turkey and how people are scared. People 
unfortunately are scared of food sometimes mm -hmm. and we really try to simplify that for them i am not scared of food so you can come <laughs> talk to me about any issues you might have you get that personal advice Absolutely. from the guy who knows and uh, you know being a chef for so many years you kind of sure. learn simple techniques there's one technique to think of it's called the high low method mm -hmm. and that's starting your oven on high roasting the bird so it gets color and then dropping the oven to low to cook, slow cook it the rest of the way. Now, my oven is different than your oven and right. different than from their oven. And people need to take that into place that I have a, conve a really nice oven. So as right. a convection, and I would say to use that convection and the fan in there does help the browning process. But if you don't have that, which a lot of people don't, you start on that 500 degrees get the bird nice and browned and then drop it and tent it with foil to 275 and let it roast the rest of the Ah, uh, yes, the like foil that. tent so That's it doesn't right. get too brown on the breast. Exactly. Right. And that will really, that high-low method it's called, mm -hmm. really you can do across the board and we sell prime ribs and leg of lamb and we sell all that with instructions and all of them say the same thing. So this is a universal big meat method. Correct. If you have a big hunk that you want, now, that you want roasted, or that you want roasted, not braised, because that's a whole other question. That's a whole other uh, animal. Right, yeah, it is another animal. We've got the puns going, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how much turkey should somebody buy per person? I mean, because you have to account the carcass weight. The traditional is a pound a person, mm -hmm. I mean, but, People tend to go overboard on Thanksgiving, and we hope they do. Um, so, you know, maybe a pound and a half. And that really equates the bones into it. And after roasting, moisture loss. So right. you'll get down to that portion control, or portion size, I should say, after about a pound and a half tops per person. Right. But you're, the turkeys you sell aren't, like, injected with that sale. They're brined instead. They're brined. So right. we do a saltwater sugar solution okay. for 72 hours. And then we hang the birds to drip dry in front of like oh. our fans. So that's a very normal process or right. a correct process of brining. And then we take a herb garlic compound butter that we've made and we cut discs and stuff it under the skin. And we have this big line of people tying it and it's just ready to go. The, the, the thing that everyone has to learn is internal temperature and not the oven temperature. That's the big mistake is, right. is saying I'm at 275 degrees and roast it the rest of the way, but you're looking for, you know, that 160, 158, 155 is what we tell people to pull it out because of carryover cooking. Right. You should let it rest for at least 30 minutes, that size of an animal. Right. Or roast. And um, so... The thermometer tells all. Right. A meat thermometer is really the answer to everything. Everything. It really is. So you are, that's why you always see uh, chefs with their Insta-reads in their yeah. pockets, right? Like pens. Absolutely. And a uh, home cook. Even it, go, it goes as far back as Adele Davis. I don't know if you know who I she do, was. Yeah. But she, when she did her how to, how to cook meat correctly and most nutritiously, she's like, meat thermometer. Absolutely. She was absolutely a Nazi about that because it's the only way to tell, really. You can do this with your yeah, hand all you want on. to. I mean, <laughs> who's going to sit there and just no, poke at a poke turkey? Poke at a turkey, yeah. 18-pound turkey, so. No, uh-uh. So, that's interesting. Now, the stuffing or not stuffing, you know, that's the other thing people are always paranoid about with turkeys, is uh, 
food poisoning is going to just overwhelm them and I mean I don't think that you should be again I think it's people are a little fearful of mm -hmm. like the simple things of life too often right. and stuffing a turkey is perfectly fine a thermometer will tell you if you've <laughs> gone above 140 or 145 degrees you should be all right but if you want to go up above 165 which probably is like recommended in every book right by for legal reasons right that you can feel safe to just temp your stuffing inside the bird above 165 and you've killed off all salmonella all yeah so all bacterial good. growth is not right. happening and then when you take this any remaining stuffing out of the bird before you store it in the refrigerator and that's and you should be fine. I think so. Yeah. I All mean, right. That's good. People have been doing it for a couple hundred years now. I think. I, I know. So. I know. <laughs> but and so I'm always amazed at how many food questions I get around Thanksgiving about turkey cooking. Yeah. You know. So what about uh, those of us who are just really sick to death of turkey, but still want to have a big celebratory meal? What would you suggest? That's the person that I want to see on, <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Because turkey, yes, it's, it's nostalgic and it's mm -hmm. really good when it's good. Um, <clears throat> and we certainly try to aid that, like keeping a turkey moist by the brining process. But for me, growing up down closer to the south, you know, family in, in Georgia and Florida, um, ham is definitely my preferred item. Mm -hmm. But if it were to go a little offshoot, start trying like chuck eye roasts and things like that and do a roast beef instead of um, turkey. Because beef, you know, everyone goes to prime rib and that's... Right. There's a reason that the word say. prime is in front of the rib. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's expensive. <laughs> and there's other options. That's, that's where we come into play with that whole animal approach is that there are so many other awesome, amazing roasts that we can season like we would a normal um, mm -hmm. roast for a holiday, truss it, tie it, again, send you home with that high-low method instructions, and you could have a really nice like roast beef with like uh, mashed potatoes and horseradish sauce type of thing, instead of the basic turkey, the daunting turkey it right. might be at times <laughs> for people as well. So you're talking about a boneless cut of beef. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I do always think prime there's something about, well, everybody pictures the Norman Rockwell picture Correct. with the grandmother with the platter of turkey, and there it is, and it's presented, you know, and then somebody has to carve it at the table and something like that. But there's something about that presentation of a whole big piece of meat that just says feast, celebration. It's some medieval uh, hangover or something. Certainly. <laughs> and again, it's it's good when you have enough people to eat like, with you at that right. point. So some people don't have the opportunity to have family in town right. or to choose to go on a different holiday. And a smaller cut, you know, at that point you can get something tailored to your group that's going to be there. Right. Instead of having to take on the 18-pound turkey right. and hopefully people show up and all that comes into play. Right, and then you have the hash <coughs> and all that to yeah. soup and days of turkey. Just days of days turkey. Days of turkey, <laughs> right. 
So a, a chuck roast yes. is what you're recommending. Absolutely. Okay. What about pork? Pork, even better. I mean, I, I love pork over beef and chicken any day, but mm -hmm. I think like uh, a pork sirloin roast with the skin on so you can puff the skin up with like crackling at the end of the cooking process. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Pork offers more textures mm -hmm. when it comes to the whole um, larger piece c cooked as opposed to Roast beef has a very, you know, common texture throughout it, and turkey right. as well. Where pork, like I said, it's got the meat, and then the fat, and then the skin, which offers many different layers of textures. Right. Food, which is more fun as a, from a cook's perspective. So what kind of cuts of pork would you sell, did you I say? I mean, certainly like a, a even a pork sirloin, so, or the pork loin, and mm -hmm. just like you would the, like a bone-in pork chop, but the sure, whole thing. the whole thing. The whole thing, um, with the skin on. And it's a, we all of a sudden flip that high-low into a low-high method. Oh, really? Correct. Oh. Because you want to cook, you want to dehydrate the skin as you cook it slowly, and then you jack the oven up at the end, and the skin will puff up. It'll almost like uh, air fry in there. Like Oh, I, never, I did not know that. That's interesting. I hope everybody is taking notes. Um, I'll have to listen and write this down later. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. And so, what about the um, uh, Thanksgiving adieu? What if you just you and me? We're just the two of us. We really don't have kids or grandparents or aunts and uncles. We're just going to have Thanksgiving dinner. What would you recommend for that? What we did this year was so we're doing a cider brine, cider and maple brined hams, and we're able to cut small pieces out of it. And I think that's just the way to go for a small crowd mm -hmm. or we're going to do like small game birds um, and stuff those with sausage. Like duck? Um, I'd say like uh, squab and oh. quail. Squab and quail. Yeah and then they, each person can get an individual miniature turkey right. if you will right. and um, it'll be more uh, personal that way. Yeah that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So um, where do you get uh, the, the squab and quail? Are they again, again from California? California? Mm -hmm. Is that the big source for most? That's the source that we like to go to um, from here because we do try to stay like from this side of the Rockies over. Right. Um, like I said, we can get almost everything else other than poultry here in Utah. So the thing about these big festive meals that we have this time of year is they form a part of your family tradition and culture and lore and stories and my family always remembers that the, the Thanksgiving mother forgot to make mashed potatoes and we sat down at the table and after a minute we said there's no ma and we all got up and went in the kitchen and helped make mashed potatoes and you know 45 minutes later we were back. So uh, do you have any memories like that as a food person, as a food professional of holidays in restaurants or at home or anything about? I mean, certainly there's a couple of memories. My mother was a great cook and some years, so we would go down t from Boca Raton to mm -hmm. Miami and back from my uncles and our house every year. And um, it's not my mother's that year that she cooked. It's actually my uncle is a great cook as well and he decided to do filet mignon with um, really nice fresh like Florida shrimp on top mm -hmm. instead of like turkey mm -hmm. for the year and we were all 
like hallelujah no no rejoicing rejoicing. (laughs) because it was an amazing time to like let's stop this we've been doing this for maybe 18 years straight at that point so um, that was a good memory and then as a chef I would say one year I decided to do um, buttermilk fried turkey breast for um, a meal and do succotash as the side oh nice yeah very southern yeah yeah that's great and people loved it so. that's great so really the advice is don't be afraid of these holidays whether you're gonna cook a traditional turkey or you could just blow the turkey off and do something completely different because it's really people sitting around together eating and drinking that makes the celebration absolutely of right. course the company makes the food so. that, right right that's true by the way if you're gonna if you are inclined to order a turkey from Beltex Meats from Philip, uh, call now because uh, Thanksgiving's closer than you think. So uh, supplies are limited. So give him a call now. That's Beltex Meats. I'm Mary Maloof. This is Salt Lake Speaks. You can find this and other podcasts at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast. <laughs>